everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Christian Heim podcast, where we are always living for preventative mental health, love, and compassion, because this world needs so much of it. Great to have your company. I'm Caroline Heim, and today we're continuing our series taken directly from the monthly live Q&As that Dr. Heim does on the iHealth Radio channel in New York with host Hurricane H. Why do young people suffer so many mental health issues? Now, I'm not going to give you any spoilers in this episode. You're just going to have to listen to this one as the way Dr. Heim answers this draws on history, social media, identity, and as usual, he talks a lot about the brain. He finishes off with some practical tips about how young people can stay mentally healthy. Let's drop in on the conversation. Okay, so that's a, that's a really good question. Thank you for that. Why are mental health issues more common among the youth? There's several reasons for that. Uh, firstly, um, we are all finding our identity uh, up until the age of about 25 or 30. Uh, it, it's just amazing to think that we think that we know who we are when we're 20 uh, when we don't. And so the brain is developing a lot. And the mind is developing a lot. So I mean physically and I also mean emotionally. So I'll I'll go through that a little bit, okay? There are some mental illnesses that are um, uh, poor wiring in the brain, okay? Uh, But there are other mental illnesses that have to do with how we react to the world. And uh, older people experienced a world that was more cohesive. So in other words... Uh, their family had a much more of an impact on how they thought. The whole society actually thought more together, whereas now there is a lot of uncertainty, there's a lot of different ideas going around, and there's more information, and that's all good, but how do you decide what is good information, and how do you decide what is the right information? And that all feeds into one really difficult question. How am I supposed to live? And so older people had answers to that question because everybody had a cohesive idea of what life was all about. Whereas now, younger and younger people have to try to answer this question, what is life about and how am I supposed to live, to try to do that by themselves. And that is really difficult. The other thing and I hate to say it, but uh, because social media gets into people a lot earlier now, that means you get bombarded with a whole lot of different ideas that you otherwise would not have had. Um, And uh, older people would have found that they only really got into contact with different ideas, different ideas of how to lead life when they went to college. So when they were about 18, when they were almost fully formed as people, they came into contact with ideas that they thought, oh, maybe the way that I uh, lead life is not right. Maybe there's other ways of doing it. Whereas people are getting those ideas of how to lead life when they're 12, 10, 8, and sometimes 6. So the young brain is not developed enough to have a center to know this is who I am This is how I believe life should be done. And then you react against other ideas. And here's how we we react. You see, if you go off to college for the first time at 18, you'll come across some ideas and you'll go, no, that's not for me. I won't do that. Oh, that's an interesting idea. I might try that. 
But if you're getting these ideas before you are 10 or 12, you have no basis on which to make those judgments. Because we know that the brain changes somewhere around the age of 12 from a childhood brain, which just takes in information, to an adult brain, which is actually very critical, which says, I will let this information in or I won't let this information in. And so older people have that intact. Younger people are being challenged a lot more. And unfortunately, we have the studies to show, for example, that a teenager in the 80s, 1980s, was more anxious than a child in the 1950s who was taken to see a psychiatrist. So this is not the fault of people. This is the way our society has developed. And we do not yet have the moral tools to cope with all the, well, actually wonderful experiences that life is putting to us, but we have to know how to cope with those so we don't get anxiety, depression, or addictions. Now, that's a huge answer in a nutshell, and it opens up a lot of things that I may have to spend the rest of the time talking about practical ways of how we can do that hurricane. I'll see how you want to take it. But that's basically the answer to the question, why are younger people more prone to mental health issues than older? We have a few minutes. I mean, if we can just give a couple of tips because I do have a comment and also another question that's almost related to the same. So, um, yeah, I mean, doctor, is your pace. So you, you tell me. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, so the one thing that I will bring people back to is to know what their values are. Okay. And how do you know your values? Uh, the quickest way to find out your values is to say, if I had to die in six months' time, what would become important to me all of a sudden, right? So that's where family, friends, or something that I want to express myself in becomes important. And a whole lot of other stuff, like uh, shopping for the best clothing, all of a sudden doesn't become that important, right? But we don't ask ourselves that question. So I'm going to give you a little acronym. Uh, to find out your values, be armed. A-R-M-E-D. A, what do I admire in myself and others? R, what do I believe is the right thing to do? Now, a lot of people are guided in that by a family religion or things that they believe, and that's good. It's part of your values, but nobody can tell you what your values are. You have to decide that for yourself. So R is what do I believe is the right thing to do? The M is what motivates me to do well? What's going to drive me forward in my life? The E is when do I feel full of self-esteem? When do I feel good about myself? Because if you do things that you feel bad about, that's only going to make you feel more despaired and you'll work more towards having to get instant pleasures rather than delayed gratification and feel good about yourself. And the D is actually if I had to die in six months, what would become more important to me? And so if people know what their top 20 values are and make sure that the pleasure that you have doesn't get in the way of what's really important to you in life, then, then you'll have the pleasure and the purpose and you've got a winning combination for your brain. Your brain will love you. 
Doctor, I think that's so powerful. I mean, listen to you. I mean, this this whole acronym armed. I mean, it, it's like you, you don't think about it, but as you broke it down, it just makes a whole different sense, you know, to to all of us. And I think I don't know if people highlight that enough or know to utilize that. I think today, I mean, this is going to be a cue to a lot of people, and hopefully, we're going to promote some of this message across the network just to keep you know people into it so they can absorb this and and maybe apply it in their life. Which oh, hurricanes, that'd be great. That'd be really good because you know what? It's not cool to know what your values. It's not cool to sit down and think about your values, right? But you need your values on the Saturday night when you're out with your friends and you're living a bit more on the edge. you got to know, is this what I really want, okay? And sometimes the answer will be yes and sometimes the answer will be no. Uh, and you will limit your pleasure so it doesn't do you any harm. Because the bizarre thing is there are a lot of people there who want a lot of pleasure and to enjoy life, and they're actually harming themselves in the process. If you go for pleasure, you end up in pain. So there's got to be something more to go for. Thank you, Doc. So, so uh, you know, uh, when you said you made that comment uh, about the uh, the 25, like where we find our true identity, I mean, we had uh, Raquel, you know, comment here. Which I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I literally had the same thing. I mean, that's a... Wow, I mean that's 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 half of most of you know. I mean, I would say not most, but at least one third of our lives if we've lived you know to ninety. Oh, so exactly. That's a, that's that's a lot of time to actually even find the identity and 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 just be you, a true you. Uh, yeah, uh, it is amazing. I mean, to just to 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 hear you say that it's it's just wow. <laughs> okay, and for Raquel, I'll actually explain why I chose twenty five to thirty, uh, because that's when the frontal lobe, so the front part of your brain is fully developed, okay? Now your brain changes through your whole life, but it develops and the importance of that is it's the front part of your brain that does the rational thinking. It's the inside of your brain, the limbic system that does the feeling. And for mental health, you wanna match them up. You wanna think about what you feel and that way you will be able to decide whether something is good for you or not. Uh, because it feels good to feel, but that can lead you into trouble. Whereas if you think about how you feel, then you can have the good feelings and your life on track at the same time. So thank, thank you, Raquel. And thank you, Doc. You know, uh, uh, one thing that just, just came to my mind, I mean, yeah. now, if someone does, does the upbringing and the original, you know, I guess, whatever foundation you get, yeah, uh, maybe expedite that process because yes. in in old days, or at least you know, I mean, again, uh, and personally, I I felt that back in the days I was more surrounded with maybe elderly and uh, more yeah. mature people, so I kind of absorb some of that. And you know, I, for example, it depends on your entourage. If you're really just you know with folks that have less to offer. Uh, in terms of maturity, then you're probably going to have a longer time to actually discover your own identity as opposed to the other way where you get, you know, is there is there a, a relation to that? Is there a connection there's, with? There's a huge relationship and parenting is very, very important. And so the art of being parents that provide a safe, secure, loving home is very, very important. Uh, however, I, I want to let people know that if you haven't had that, that doesn't mean that your life is ruined, all right? Uh, there was one particular psychiatrist, his name was Eric Erickson, and he chose his own name, Erickson, because he decided that he brought himself up. He said, my parents, they didn't do a great job. I've got to bring myself up. And he, he worked all this out in his early 20s, and he decided this is what he needed 
to grow up. That's why he called himself Eric, son of myself, Eric Erickson, right? But this is why I encourage people to be the parents that they can be. And you don't have to do too much. You just have to keep people safe, secure, and provide the love. That's all that it takes. And if you've got that going, then your child will actually grow to be somebody who is able to think and feel with an identity that they can be secure in. Because you need that because sometimes the world does some very strange things. And so we need a center so that we can make decisions that's good for us. Well, wow, a lot to digest there. I really hope this was useful to you. Let us know if it was. We'd love to hear from you. You may not know that Dr. Heim has a YouTube channel where we both talk through some of these really big issues and get the scientific perspective on what Dr. Heim calls the big question in this uncertain 21st century, how should I live? Just type in Dr. Christian Heim and it should come up. See you next time.